Today, on this episode of Model Railroad Talk, we have a listener that is back with us, Benjamin. You remember him from a few episodes ago. Um, He joined us. Um, He's going to join us in this episode as well. Um, We are going to have a discussion of, are you... Uh, a model that prefers steam or diesel or both. And we are also going to discuss the pros and cons of, you know, doing a modular, I guess, type setup compared to what um, I would call a traditional layout. So stick around and um, we'll get the show on the tracks. All right, folks. So we are going to be discussing with Benjamin. We're going to have him back on here. Um, like we said in our intro, um, we're going to be talking about this first part, um, the pros and cons of modular railroading and, and kind of explain what that is for people who may not know versus, uh, a permanent layout. Um, and these terms are very, very loose terms. Um, as far as, you know, uh, what they actually are. Uh, so, and we are going to, like I said, give you kind of the pros and cons. We're not going to go into deep detail, like, you know, specifics of, you know, for like the modules, you have to build the track here, here. That's, there's so many different uh, ways of doing that. And clubs have their own criteria that, unfortunately, we, we're not going to go into that. There's just too many things. <laughs> um, but we're excited to have him on. And, uh, like we said before, um, these are pre, even though this episode, every episode's pre-recorded right now, we don't really have the, uh, the ability right now to do live, but we're working on it. Um, but that is recorded on a different format. So you may hear some things, you know, like this intro, I did an intro with that. So, but, um, at least you can hear that. Um, but uh, first, I'd like to tell you all again, thank you for listening. Um, once again, our um, podcast just keeps growing, and we are excited about that. Um, and also, we'd like to announce we have another um, support supporter on our Patreon side. Um, this person goes by the name of Stump. So Stump, thank you for um, joining the Model Railroad Revolution. We talked about that in the last episode. Um, and which the Model Railroad episode, or evolution, <laughs> revolution, I'm sorry, is uh, basically let's go out once a week and or once every two weeks, I encourage you just to talk to somebody about model railroading. Let's try to get this hobby back 
um, to where it was 15, 20 years ago. So anyways, enough of me blabbing. Um, and uh, let's move on to the second interview BSing, whatever you want to call it, with Benjamin. Have a listener back with us today. Um, excited to have him back. Benjamin, uh, glad to have you back with us. Well, glad to be back, Gary. Glad to be back here doing this podcast again. Um, yeah, it's been what? Uh, last one we did was episode 15 and this is episode 19. So it's been a few weeks. Um, uh, let's, let's start out. Has anything, uh, any new updates on your railroad? No, no new updates. Uh, the only other thing I can really say, um, after listening to your structures, kits and everything else, I actually have a new one on order, believe it or not. Oh yeah. Which one did you get? I actually got a, um, it's a winery manufacturing company. Uh, it's made by, gosh, I can't even think of the name. It's a new name, Moto Track Models or something like that, but it's a wood kit. Oh, okay. Have you ever done a wood kit before? Actually, I have. Uh, the only structure that's currently on the layout right now is a little um, American Model Builders branch line station. I did that through a laser kit. It's one of the most basic ones you could ever do. Yeah, but those basic ones can look good, and they're actually, uh, in my opinion, a good way to start uh, a person to get started in doing the Craftsman kits. Correct. I mean, with the laser cut kits, I mean, I recommend painting them first before you actually really assemble it. That way you know what you're doing and take your time on it because they can get very tedious. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've done several. Uh, so, uh, Benjamin had sent us a couple or an idea, uh, one idea actually of several that he has sent us that we're going to through the next, I don't know how many podcasts we'll be discussing. Um, but the one we're talking about today is steam or diesel. Are you a steam person, a diesel person, or just, uh, just a general person? So, um, what about you? Are you, are you a steam person, diesel? What, what's your preference? Growing up, I've been a steam lover for all my life. Um, always loved steam, don't know about it. It's always the fascination about how they operate. But I actually prefer the transition era, which is actually the mix of diesel and steam. So first generation diesels, you got your GP7s, which are one of my favorites. And then you got the steam era, which is also mixed within. So that's kind of where I lay, is right in the middle. Okay, yeah. Um, me, I'm... I like the newer age stuff. I think it's just cause that's what I've been around the most. But, um, I, I think the reason why I lean more towards the newer stuff is because, uh, as far as the steam goes, I, I've never really personally been a big fan of the smaller steam. I like the big boys, the challengers, you know, the big four, eight, four locomotives, you know, the high class of the Norfolk Westerns. Um, yeah. Yep. And unfortunately, um, you know, steam locomotives on model railroads, if you want it to run properly and look properly, the bigger the steam locomotive, the bigger layout you need because you need the bigger radius curves. So that's what's kind of hindered me from leaning towards the steam because I haven't really had 
Um, I've had one layout in my life, the one that I referenced here from, you know, 10, 15 years ago that I ran steam on there cause I had the bigger curves, but, um, yeah. What, what, uh, what do you have a favorite size or particular steam locomotive? Not in particular. No. I mean, I like all sizes from the small to the big, but actually I have a liking for the actual, the experimentals or unique styles that have actually been experiments. Oh, okay. Never really kind of took life. It just kind of was an experiment, one model, and they really took off. So, I mean, that's kind of where I have a soft spot for is those unique ones. Sure, sure. Um, and, you know, I've, I've talked with people in the past. Uh, they're, the, they're that same way with uh, the diesels. You know, they like the RS1s and stuff, you know, from that transition period that you don't really see a lot on railroads anymore or really even um, – I mean, they're, they're manufactured, but it's almost like they don't advertise it as much. Um, I mean, the place you get them probably be like through tourist lines nowadays is how you can really see them, like the old Alcos, the old um, Baldwins, if they have any left. Um, it's just kind of more on touristy roads now. Right, right. Um, but on the flip side of it, though, on the modeling side, you know, uh, what a lot of people I don't think realize when they're getting into this hobby is steam locomotives, uh, generally speaking, are a little more upkeep of a locomotive. Well, I mean, they were in the in in uh, real life too, or they are in real life too. But th- that's the same in modeling. I mean, diesels you can put on, and you know, depending on how much you run it, you know, you open up the gears, throw a little grease in them, and you're good. Where Steam locomotives, everything that I've ever read about, heard about, that kind of thing, and, and even taking care of my few steam uh, locomotives I have, there's, it's a, they're a lot more intense on, um, in my opinion, of keeping them maintained. You know, you've got all the moving parts you got to, you know, oil up the sides, keeping the gears and everything inside. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very tedious. I mean, trying to keep everything lubricated, make sure it works well. Uh, contacts are properly done because they have more contacts than a diesel locomotive does on the modeling aspect. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, yeah. And it's uh, now, I mean, a lot of people, they, you know, when they get the starter kits, you know, um, and I think, uh, we, you and I have talked outside of the podcast about, you know, what kind of starter kit do you get, you know, a steam or diesel or, you know, that kind of thing. And the starter kits, I think putting the steam locomotives in those is, it can't, is a good thing because it keeps that era um, available for new modelers. But on the flip side, um, I, I feel like they could put a little more into their instructions and explain to the new modeler that, Hey, if you, you know, it, I, of course, you know, they pay people good money to word stuff, but basically tell the modeler, if you want to stay in this hobby and you're buying a steam locomotive, you probably need to learn how to maintain it, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I under, I could 100% agree on that one. I mean, my first star set, yeah, was a steam locomotive. It was a little Bachman 060, but I never got full out instructions how to fully go through the full process of it. Right. And I mean, you don't, you don't get them with, the diesel either, but I, you know, like 
said, you know, the diesel locomotives, generally speaking, are a little less maintenance. I mean, I, I, I feel like that. I mean, would you agree or disagree with that statement? I, I would agree, but I also could say, too, that they're about equal. I mean, granted, it's just the amount of moving parts that you have that you need to lubricate. Um, the biggest tip I can offer to anybody that's going to lubricate their locomotives, a little goes a long way. It's a common saying I hear. Oh, yeah. Yep. I agree with that. Um, um, I, I what, what episode was that I did here not that long ago talking about maintaining your locomotives? Um, I think that was episode three or four. Four, I want to say, uh, something like that. I'm looking at my list right now. Um, yeah, but you know, that's the thing, you know, uh, talking about, um, you know, I, I was talking about like on my, my diesels, you know, I put the grease and stuff in there and I think, uh, I, I don't think I mentioned that, uh, the perfect statement that you just said is a little goes a long way because you can overdo, um, the lubrication in any locomotive. Correct. And even doing very, very little also can ruin it too. So, I mean, there's always that sweet spot, but never put too much in because that can overdo it. Right. Do well, it's kind of like weathering, you know, uh, weather and layers until you get to that point. It's kind of that same way with the uh, lubrication, you know, lubricate and layers, if you will, until you find that sweet spot. Oh yeah. It, I could agree more myself. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, now as far as steam or diesel, um, you know, now that now with the sound equipped locomotives and stuff and, and they, you know, I mean, look at what is a Broadway limited, they, their, uh, locomotives, you can, uh, get sound in and, and use sound on, uh, DC as much as DCC. Well, I mean, you're limited, but you still get it. Um, you know, if you're a, if you love the sound of steam, obviously you're going to go for steam. Same with diesel. Um, now, as far as that goes, I, I, I prefer, I'm about middle for both of them. How about you for sound? I, I mean, I prefer sound, um, but I can also do with the quietness, but with the steam, it's just something that kind of relaxes me. Um, but I've always been a steam kind of guy. It's the way the sound is. It's the chop, the it's, there's something about it that you can't get out of a diesel. Right. Right. Oh no. I, and I, you combine that with all the working sides, you know, the, the, like on the wheels and everything. Um, well, it's like when I did that review sometime, uh, a few episodes back about the steam roundup, uh, that, that they sent me to review. I mean, just watching that, um, you know, the great Western steam up, uh, watching that and listening and it's, 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 there's almost like an excitement to watching and listening together, a steam locomotive with all the moving parts. Oh, I know it is. There's just, it, there's something about a beauty or a nostalgia about it. I, I just can't put my mind on it. It's, there's something about it that gets to you. Oh yeah. And me coming from a mechanic side of, you know, I'm being a mechanic on semis, you know, um, I, I, you know, I'll sit there and sometimes cringe when I see videos of steam locomotives that are flying and you hear them and you see all them parts flying and I'm just cringing like, Oh, what's going to break, you know, but, um, but that's what makes it fun to watch them and, you know, listen to them. Oh yeah. Um, now flip over to diesel. Um, there, I, you know, 
I'll, personally, since I'm more of a diesel guy, um, I should say, you know, like if I had to put a percentage, it'd be like 60, 40. So it's not much more, but, um, now for me, there's certain diesel locomotives that I could give or take, whether I watched and listened, you know, I'm, I'm more of, like I've said, you know, I'm more of the new age, uh, new era locomotives. Um, and you know, and, and some of the, uh, older ones, I'm not really a fan of, um, do you have any, uh, diesel locomotives that you prefer over others or dislike more than others? Uh, honestly, since, because with me, I like to prefer the transition era. So you get the early generation diesels. So, I mean, I've got the nostalgia for my favorite being the GP sevens, which was one of the first multi-purpose ones. Mm-hmm. And I love the sounds of old Alcos. There's just something about it. The term Alcos, everybody used to call them the steam engine in a diesel motor. Yep. And there's just something about those first generation ones that just, it, to me, it's something that gets me to those because it's right there when they first came out. It's it's hard to even explain. Oh, no, I get it. I mean, you can... Um, you know, to our listeners, if you're new to the hobby or new to trains, you know, you will, if you pay attention, you will eventually, um, understand what we're talking about. But, you know, going back to exactly the term you use, uh, uh, an Alco being, uh, uh, the, the steamer of the diesel era, you know, um, you can tell cause they do have that chug, I guess is the best way to put it when they're running, you know? All right, well, because every time they actually would throttle up, you see a black foam of smoke coming right out of the stack. Yep. It was an actual steam engine, but it wasn't. Yep, and along with that and the sound and just the, yeah, it was, you know, those I, those I, I didn't mind. I mean, I guess that was my, I guess that would be my conversion, you know, back in the transition. That would probably be the locomotive that I would choose. Um, yep. So, all right. Um, as far as um, steam or diesel, um, what do you folks think that are listening? You know, you can email us, uh, modelrailroadtalk at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, modelrailroadtalk.com. Um, let us know what you think. Um, you prefer steam, diesel, or both? Um, and uh, let us know. Um, if you would like to add to this, you know, Benjamin, and I can always come back to this discussion down the road in another episode. So, um, yeah. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to add for the steam or diesel? No, uh, the only thing I could really suggest is be happy with what you enjoy. Um, if you prefer steam, go for it. If you like diesel, go for it. If you like both, be both. It's your railroad. You like what you like exactly exactly and and i guess to add on to that you know i've had people say um on past layouts um you know i'm all diesel and then i'd have two or three steamers that i'd have you know sitting off on a side yard just you know because i only ran them i basically would run them for people that would come over and visit and i put on passenger train you know with them I, I, and i do like old like i'd have one run in passenger train one would run the old time um was REA reefers, you know, the ice bot or the ice reefers. Oh yeah. The PFEs. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. PFEs. Yep. Um, 
you know, I'd have a train of that and, and, you know, but I'd have people say, well, how can you have steam on there when you're running these new diesel? And it's like, I can't help it. I like them, you know, I agree on that hundred percent. So, all right. Well, when we come back from break, uh, Benjamin and I are going to talk about the pros and cons of modular layouts and standard layouts. So stick around and we will be back shortly. Join the model railroad revolution. Go on over to patreon.com forward slash model railroad talk and become a premium supporter. By becoming a premium supporter, you get added benefits such as an exclusive private Facebook group, live videos while we record, access to the latest episode before anyone else, and more. Your support helps us continue to grow and support the model railroad revolution. Go on over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash model railroad talk to become a premium member today. folks all right folks we are back from break um first half we uh had a discussion with benjamin who is back on another episode which is awesome um we had a discussion regarding steam or diesel um both in rail fanning and uh modeling um what do you prefer do you or you know you may not have a preference you know um you know benjamin prefers the steam um to diesel transition period because you get the best of both worlds um where i you know i prefer more modern but i do like my older big steam locomotives so um that's what's so great about this hobby you know um you know you can have difference of opinions but in the end you know just because i'm more of a modern guy i'm not going to turn around talking you know turn down talking to benjamin about steam stuff you know and i'm sure he would say the same thing vice versa i i wouldn't even bother even trying that one yeah yeah you know i mean it's got rails and uh it hauls a lot of freight and you know you get the sounds and all that stuff it's it's and it's called a train it's anybody can have a discussion on that and get along and it's all about the hobby it's just having fun with it yep yep so the second half, like we've stated, we are going to be talking about the pros and cons of um, modular layouts um, and a, like a standard layout. Um, now, if you are unsure, a modular layout is generally termed as a layout that is a certain specific size that is built and then taken and adjoined or conjoined or whatever you want to call it um, to other modules to make a bigger layout. Um, whereas what I'm calling a standard layout is one that um, doesn't necessarily move. Um, it, you know, I'm not saying it can't be moved like in the case of Benjamin, you know, his is a shelf layout while his can be you know, picked up in a sense and moved, if he were to say move um, homes, um, it's not technically a modular layout. It's it's uh, just a, what I would consider a standard layout. Um, would you 
Would you agree or disagree with that? I'd actually agree. I, I the other term I'd consider would be more of like a permanent layout, if you okay. want to go that direction. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah, permanent layout. That's that's probably better than standard layout. No, I like that. Um, so if you're new to the hobby, um, a standard layout is going to be something that, like I stated with you know Benjamin's, you know it's 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 attached to the wall um, or to itself it's not made to move around you know on a on a regular basis i guess is the best way to put it and it doesn't necessarily it and generally they're not designed to uh, be attached to other layouts um and this stems from when um we were talking with benjamin before uh episode 15 i believe it was yes um i had asked him uh, uh, his layout, if his was, or if he had thought about doing a modular design and, you know, and he, we had discussed that and it just got, I just got thinking about it as some people might, a modular design might be, and this is a kind of can be a pro might be good for somebody, you know, in say, um, somebody like Benjamin's case where he doesn't have a lot of space you know, and you, but you don't want, say, a permanent layout. You want to be able to run bigger trains. I mean, what do you think on that? Would you, I mean, what would you input on that, Benjamin? Uh, honestly, with me, I mean, if you're just a beginner starting out, start small, simple, basic, but you can also learn from it. You can also expand from it. Um, that's usually what layout is. I mean, granted, there's an old model railroad book. If anybody's ever familiar with it, it's, the model railroad that grows. Yep. And you could basically take a standard small, let's say four foot by eight foot sheet of plywood that you have an HO scale layout on or a two by four end scale. There's options for you to expand it, or you can basically do like what I do, which is my modular layout. But it's easier for me to transport in my case. So it's just on your preference though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, where mine, there's if if I want to transport one, mine, um, yeah, there's going to be some time, and there's going to be some destruction of mine, you know. Um, well, and get it, skill you, out. <laughs> hey, what? I said better get that skill saw out. No, no, I haven't even had mine finished yet. No, we ain't going that way out right now. <laughs> I still got to get mine finished before I want to tear it down. Um, I've I've had to do that before, and it's not fun. Um, so if and and. Folks, if you're listening and you're on Facebook, go to our Facebook page, Model Railroad Talk, and you can actually see some uh, pictures of Benjamin's shelf layout if you would like to, um, I guess, kind of see what we're talking about. Um, I have put pictures of mine, and mine's in the building process, as well as Benjamin's um, on there as well. So you can kind of see a difference in, you know, like... Uh, you know, a shelf layout versus which there's, they're the same, but they're different on how they're constructed, you know, and the size. Um, but you know, I, I guess what I would start with the, the pros of, uh, a modular design is you, you can take that and, you know, if, especially if there's a group, um, and you can go to meets or wherever this group sets up and, you can actually take your trains and connect them 
connect these modules together and run your trains on a big layout rather than say if you had one or two modules that's a switching layout it gives you the opportunity the ability to be able to go and run your long trains you know easier you know uh, oh, yeah. i agree with that uh but I, and this is my opinion and i'll get your opinion on this uh in a second here but that one negative though that i see um and this is just because of me um but like for like ho scale majority ho scale modular layouts are gonna be uh any a lot of them are at most four foot long they're anywhere from two to four foot long depending on what the the modular clubs uh, requirements are um but and they're anywhere from on average 18 inches deep to 24 inches deep um the one negative if you're looking at wanting to do something that is um you know more than running a train back and forth on a piece of track or running uh, a locomotive with more than say one car potentially a module is probably not going to be the best way um i think that's going to be a con for you i mean what do you think I mean, I agree with that too. If you if you're a person that likes continuous running, yeah, your best bet's not to go with the modular layout. Uh, granted, even if you're with the club with the club or something like that, and you try to connect with everybody else, yeah, you could run circular loops, but when you bring it back home, you don't have that full advantage anymore. Right. Well, and you know, for some people, that may be their only option. You know, like you know, using I guess uh, you as an example, you know, with your uh, limited space if somebody had say less space than what you had that may be only the only thing they can do and that's where the modular would come in you know be a pro but it, yeah like you said if you're looking for any kind of continuous run or even a very minute switching layout you're going to have to have at minimum two modules worth of space to be able to do that and that's where the kind of the negative is for it um while i don't Personally, I don't recommend uh, starting out with a module, uh, modular setup uh, if you're first coming into the hobby. Um, you know, like like Benjamin had said, you know, I mean, if you're going, if you only have space for a two foot by four foot, go end scale. At least you can do um, a loop or you can even do like what he's doing, a uh, shelf layout and get some decent switching. What do you, th what do you say to that? I mean, I agree on that one, too. I mean, Grant, my first layout was a four-foot by eight-foot layout. I enjoyed continuous running, but when I went to N-Scale, I had a two-foot by four-foot, too, myself, and continuous running, but I got hit by the operations bug, so I went with the modular section. So, But for a beginner, yeah, I agree. Start with something small. Um, even just a circle of track on a two-foot by two-foot is even adequate enough to even give you enjoyment of continuous running. Oh, yeah. And and that's not to say you couldn't do switching um, on a continuous run. You're just um, you just have to have a good imagination. I mean, because I I know I've seen in like uh, RMC and Model Railroad, or I've seen some decent, you know, two by four, four by eight. You know, your typical entry level Model Railroad, we'll call that. You know, they actually were able to come up with a decent track plan while it was continuous run, but they they had decent um switching operations you know i don't know I, I assume you've probably seen some of those too 
Oh yeah, I mean I I used to have model road and I used to see just basically they used to do what was it the project layouts they used to do at the beginning of every year for about what a six month strand. Yep. And those were usually what typical on a door, on a yep. four foot by eight foot shelf layout. I mean it's just the way they start those projects off. That's kind of how I kind of got intrigued with it. Was they do these projects for six months? They do it on a certain size, certain scale. Yeah. Yeah, and and it goes to show, um, it gives it gives somebody, especially coming into the hobby, or maybe who, who has been in the hobby for a while, but has never really built a railroad. Now they're ready to do that. Uh, it gives them the, um, I guess, oversight, the the views of, hey, this is something that um, could potentially be done in the say the limited space a person has, or maybe the limited time, or Let's face it. I mean, not everybody that's a model railroader uh, likes to and has the ability to do all aspects of it, you know, laying track, wiring, that kind of thing. Um, but they make it easy, those project layouts. Um, at least it seems to me, it seems easy, you know. Um, but yeah, I think those are I, I agree with you. Those are those are good uh, starters. Um, yeah, so. Pros and cons of those. Um, you know, of course, then, you know, uh, like we've talked, the pros of uh, a permanent layout is whether it's a switching or a continuous run, obviously, you're going to be able to um, run more trains. You can run them in an operational, more of an operational setup. And um, generally speaking, it's going to, you're going to be able to do, uh, I, and this is my opinion, um, if whether you're doing prototype or uh, freelance, uh, a permanent layout is going to give you a little bit better options for if you want to say model a specific, I don't want to say area or building, you know, um, or you know, just in general, model uh, something more in detail. I think it's going to give you a better ability because you're not going to be moving it around. You're not going to have to think about the, the aspects. Okay. You know, I put all this detail into say this lumber yard and, but how am I going to keep everything attached to it? Or I'm going to have to take everything off every time I move it, you know? I mean, I agree on that one too. I mean, that's one of the pros about it is it's just there. It's permanent. It's basically your done deal. It's right there. And you yeah. can build from there. Right. Um, yeah, I, I just, and, you know, and that was just something that, like, we've talked about, you know, as in the past, I've talked, and it's, you know, it's, obviously, it's your railroad. Um, so, I mean, if you prefer to do a modular setup, you know, by no means am I, and I'm sure Benjamin's not cutting it down, you know, um, but choose wisely. Um, and I and I think, too, if if you are going to get into the modular side of it, um, do your do your research first um, and make sure you have people in the area or a group or, you know, that have that are into the modular thing. Um, so at least you have somebody to connect up to, because let's face it, how fun is it to, or how fun would it be to have, say, a, a two foot by four foot section and you can't do nothing with it, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, and the neat part about modular sections, too, if you connect to somebody else's, yours could be from like, let's say, a desert scene. But somebody else is from the forest scene. 
that's kind of interesting to see. You have two different sections yeah. that are connected together. It's it's the fun of it. Yeah, that that's and and I've seen that before. You know, I mean, you walk around and you know you'll have three or four sections that are you know identical, close to you know the same you know city or, or rural. But then all of a sudden it's like yeah, the next section is like you said it's forest or it's desert and you know while no it doesn't modeling wise you know to the to the prototype modelers yeah they're going to probably throw a fit about it but yeah you're right it is interesting to be able to see that when you walk around you know oh yeah uh so do you have anything else on pros and cons of modular versus a permanent no honestly i mean just like you said and i'll agree with it too do your research plan it out ahead of time grant i've done my fair share between modulars and uh two two foot by four foots mm-hmm. but what do you feel comfortable what do you feel enjoyable that makes you enjoy the hobby right right i mean after all i mean this hobby isn't a one size fit all, you know, I mean, that's why there's tons of different products out there, you know? Oh yeah. And that's the one thing too, I try to let anybody know is if you're in this hobby, make it more enjoyable, fun, but don't get yourself burned out on it. Just make it enjoyable for yourself and enjoy it. Just have fun. It's, it's a hobby that we all love. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, and see, that's why I, I guess it started when I, uh, we talked about this in, on the last episode you were in, you know, about, uh, Steve Brown with, uh, on his YouTube channel, um, uh, with it's my railroad, you know, and, and like he, he always said, you know, he always said in there, it's my railroad, I'll do what I want. And so that's where I kind of, I mean, you know, I'll give credit where credit is due. That's where I kind of took that. It's your railroad, you know, I mean, and I'm that's, myself i mean that's where i learned my inspiration too was him too was it's your road you do what you want if it makes you happy makes you happy exactly you know i mean and and you know don't let anybody even if you're trying to i mean the way i look at it is even if you're trying to model a prototype you know uh down to you know this extra spikes from them replacing ties you know um in a certain area you know if somebody comes in and tries to tell you, well, that, you know, this is out of place or you should do this, you know what? Shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know what? It's, did they help you? Did they fund it? Is it, is it their railroad? No, it's your railroad. Do, you know, it doesn't matter. You could be modeling, you know, 1800s as far as your scenery, but, oh, hey, I like this, you know, SD 70 Mac. I want to run it through there. Who cares, right? Yeah, correct. I mean, Grant, it's kind of nice when you have a modern style locomotive pulling 1950s vintage boxcars. Right. Yep. And you know, I mean, my old railroad, I, I mean, let's face it. I, I had that just because I had, when I started, um, getting back into it at that time, you know, I was buying up, um, you know, I was buying up any rail cars I could get to build my inventory, but I also was, you know, buying, ones that were interesting to me and you know so yeah like i'd be running my you know my old one was was more modern but um yeah i was running you know older freight cars on there and 
you know, I mean, now during operating sessions, yeah, I would put those in a staging yard, you know, and, and, and run just the modern because, you know, when we operated, we tried to operate as prototypical as we could, you know, I mean, obviously if there's goof ups, we didn't really care, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't care. I mean, yeah, I, occasionally I'd have somebody say, Hey, that's the wrong, uh, year for, for that locomotive to be pulling. Well, I don't care, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, this hobby is awesome. There's so many different, um, aspects to it. Um, and you know, we, we've talked about just two of them today, really. I mean, and, and even, you know, with this being episode 19, we, we, uh, we've barely touched the surface of everything in the hobby. So I, um, you know, as a prime example, I'm getting, re- I'm working on videos for, um, TikTok and YouTube channel, um, and even Facebook, um, of the dwarfs and signals that I'm, I got in that I'm building them and, you know, eventually going to be putting them in and, you know, that's, it's into a whole nother world, the realm of model railroading. So if you're new to the hobby, um, and you're listening to this and you, um, maybe are feeling a little overwhelmed, you know, and in, in your stage, wherever, whatever stage you're in, sit back, relax, think about it. Um, just talk to people, um, talk to positive people, I should say, that will encourage you to, um, you know, model the way you want because it's your railroad. So, um, on that note, we are going to end this episode. Um, and I want to thank you, Benjamin, for being on again. And, uh, we look forward to having you on again. Uh, any final thoughts for us though? No, I mean, uh, like I said again, um, I'll say it again now. It's your railroad. The hobby's fun. Let's keep it growing. Talk to anybody that you, that's on the model River group forums on Facebook, wherever. Pick up a magazine of model River. Pick up a model railroad book. Try to get some inspiration to get yourself going. But just think at first before you go into a full-out permanent or a modular section like mine. But just remember to keep having fun. Absolutely. And on that note, folks, we will talk to you in the next episode. And there you have it, folks. Episode 19 in the books. Um, We are actually very excited um, that episode 20, um, we will have... uh, we're not sure what that what actually I guess that's going to be about right now. We have a list of stuff um, of people emailing, um, giving us ideas, and I love it. Um, you know, always, always want to hear what you guys want to listen to and 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 discuss. So, um, by all means, um, keep keep it coming in. But uh, next episode, we will have um, a product review. I'm hoping I'm I'm planning on it. Um, this uh, company actually sent us uh and and it showing up in our mail today as we speak um so i'm actually hoping i can um get 
uh, get that done. Actually, I'm hoping to test them out and everything by tomorrow. But Evan Designs, um, look them up. They are, um, they do electronic stuff. And we'll go into more detail about their stuff. But in the meantime, if you want to look them up, evandesigns.com. Um, that's E-V-A-N-D-E-S-I-N-G or S-I-G-N-S.com. Or you can Google search them or look them up on Facebook, whatever you prefer. Um, so anyways, um, but yeah, there you have it, folks. We, we discussed, you know, um, the differences between um, modular and permanent layout just the overall general and then um and then also you know steam or diesel um while i've heard i've seen um and read you know through forums and stuff you know like steam or diesel you know that that can a lot of people or that i've seen those get into heated um discussions before (laughs) and you know what folks this is a hobby we're supposed to have fun. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's enough room in this hobby for everyone that wants to be involved in it. And there's enough room in this hobby for all sorts of different ideas and ways of doing things. So, um, yeah, just don't, don't, don't let anybody, uh, make you feel bad for doing something the way you want to do it. So remember it's your railroad, but, um, but yeah, um, you can reach out to us model railroad talk at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, www.modelrailroad.com. I can't even talk today, folks. Once again, www.modelrailroadtalk.com. Um, or you can reach out to us through our, our podcast phone number, 563-293-6530. That's 563-293-6530. Um, or if you're on TikTok, look us up, Model Railroad Talk. Uh, look us up on YouTube. Um, we, we're getting, we're like 230 um, followers away on TikTok from being able to go live. So we're excited about that. And I'm actually in the process of looking into getting some decent, um, hopefully 4K video camera. Um, so we can do good live shots. Um, but also, um, same with YouTube. We need to hit 50 and we can go live there. Um, you can look us up on Facebook, Model Railroad Talk. Um, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash Model Railroad Talk. If you'd like to become a supporter, you like what we're doing, you want to, uh, you know, you want to help us advance this podcast, this production um, that literally started when um, my only intention was to share my process of getting back into the hobby and it was you folks that have made it in a sense to what it is now. Um, there's not a day that goes by that I'm not thinking about, okay, what's next? What can I do for the podcast and my listeners? So, um, I want to thank you listeners for that. Um, while yes, it takes away from my actual modeling time and not a lot, but, um, it does. I'm not complaining. Um, this is just as much fun as actually modeling so thank you folks um next one will be our 20th episode so um we're getting up there folks 
um, and couldn't have done it without you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and uh, we will end this on the note of, remember, it's your railroad, and keep your train on the tracks.